Assalamu alaikum, my brothers and sisters. Hello. My name is Benjamin C. Charlock, uh, Esquire. I am uh, Grand Mufti of the uh, uh, of the uh, Academy of Princeton uh, in Princeton, Al, New Jersey. Uh, and uh, across from me is uh, my friend, co-host, student, and blithering idiot. Pat Dean, say hello, Pat. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Quite a lofty title you've given yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Grand Mufti of Princeton. I mean, I, I don't get what it is, but it sounds very impressive. It's like, you think of like all the Muftis, <laughs> I'm their boss. Oh, okay. I'm the Grand Mufti. Oh, that ex- so <laughs> yeah. Grand Mufti. Yeah, El Grand Mufti. Okay, yeah. heard. No, that makes a lot more sense. Um, this, uh, folks, uh, in case you didn't know, you've stumbled onto episode 161 oh, of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast. Uh, for uh, degenerates, uh, heathens, uh, the unworthy, the unwashed. Yes. Yeah, the unwashed and the, <laughs> the unworthy. Unwashed, the unwashed masses. Uh, it's a philosophy podcast for uh, curious idiots who want to uh, learn a little something about a little something. If you're an idiot, but you never thought to yourself, why? Yeah. Then this is a podcast for you. Folks, are you, are you disappointed or uh, just, you know, your idiot status isn't enough these days? Well, dummy, <laughs> come Welcome. and learn something. Come on and come on, saddle up to the fire, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And le- we'll learn you something. Belly yourself up to this bar, you guys. We'll teach you something good. We'll teach you something good. <laughs> something good <laughs> something, and spicy. Some good spicy filling. <laughs> ben, you majored in philosophy at Princeton University. I did. Good yes. for you. Um, which is the only... Which- <laughs> Believe it or not, is the only university in the entire world. The only well, yeah, it's the only one left. <laughs> it's pretty much just down to that. Yeah, clearly, by the time we uh, we release this episode, all <laughs> hell of all loose. major centers of higher learning will have been nuked. Yeah, except for because Princeton's the only university that has nukes. Do you know that? <laughs> God, what? How weird would that be if, if, if it's if there was like a like a an academic war, an actual. An academic war. war? That'd be kind of fucking. That's like that's like a cool premise for like uh for like a. Like a dystopian, when all like the, alternate history, yeah. like thing, yeah, like all the major powers are actually like academies and like hmm. <laughs> institutions of higher learning. Well, I feel like it used to be like that way in, in the old world in Europe. I mean, kind of, yeah. Um, but we said, we said, f that, f that, <laughs> nation states. Yeah, we're all about money. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we are. Yeah. It used to be nation states, and now it's just corporations. <laughs> we just belong to corporations now. Yeah, yeah. There are no, there are no like, like, like. Look at the United States government. It does nothing. Yeah, it, it does doesn't nothing. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hilarious job to have. I would love because <laughs> it doesn't dude, do anything work, except like kill people. <laughs> working in the service industry, if I got as much done as Texas Republicans get done every year, uh-huh. um, I, I, I would probably what refill the ranches. <laughs> 
And that's all I would do. That's all you do, yeah. That's, that's all I do. I think that's all they do too. That's I think all, I think literally all they do is refill like little cups of ranch. That'd be the extent. <laughs> and then I would just sit there for the next eight hours. No, I did my part. That would be. I bet like that. Someone has to has to have introduced that bill on the on <laughs> the Texas. The get your own ranch bill. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Should, yeah. Should, should ranch be like state subsidized? Should, or it, should be it be privately privately sourced? Should it be included in the bill, or should you pay extra for ranch? That's going to be the the newest. <laughs> yeah, that'll thing. be like the one thing that that like they'll the get bill. done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bill on the bill. <laughs> and and, and instead of voting yay or nay, they vote nay or hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Ranch. <laughs> yeah. They love they love ranch here. There is nothing that this state loves more. Than ranch dressing and guns and guns and apple soda, they're fans. Apple soda. Don't think they're not Ben. That well, that's weird because I've I've lived here for thirteen years and I never really like noticed this apple soda craze. Well, it's because you're sort of like an elitist, <laughs> and you look your da- you're down your nose on the pe- on the fair people of Texas. You always have. No, I haven't. Constantly. <laughs> well, a little. <laughs> like sometimes, like Ben and I will go out sometimes, and like, well, it just sucks that most like the majority of people who live here. Are stupid <laughs> sure yeah that's, like that's just like, like just that. just like if you took a like think about it you asked mm-hmm. everybody if you asked like everybody who currently lives in the state of texas if they believe in evolution or not most of them are going to say no i bet you think so well an alarming amount an alarming plurality will say no like i like probably like 40 40 or 45 percent well let's go ask everyone everyone in the state of texas how many Let's people get to work. Are in Texas now. How many people? Uh, seventeen billion. No, <laughs> and that's just in Austin. <laughs> seventeen. There's seventeen billion, billion people so live here. You're saying that. <laughs> you're saying that the city of Austin, Texas, yeah, uh, currently houses almost two hundred percent of the global population. <laughs> We've installed a lot of bunk beds. Oh, oh, okay. That's what. That's how it works. Well, the thing that I read actually is that you could apparently just take the world's population and just fill it in Texas. I've heard that too. I don't know how accurate that is. I mean, like it might be. I think technically you can, but it would be well, a like, horrible you, experience. Well, like have you looked at have you looked at a picture of like the of like the world at night, like a satellite image of the world at night? Uh, yeah. And you see like where where all the all, like all the lights are basically, like yeah. all the major like urban centers. Where have all the cowboys like, gone? What's that? Where have all the cowboys gone? Yeah, no, but I mean, <laughs> if you look night. like area-wise, the stuff, that that area, the the part that's just lights, it's Austin. It's just Austin. There's <laughs> 17 billion people here now. Yeah. No, but it's like it looks like maybe no more than like five, ten percent of like the landmass, the total landmass hmm. of Earth. I'll have to. I'll look at like if you look at the United tonight. States, it's just like the East Coast and the West Coast, a bit of a bit of Texas, and like. What ben like calls sporadic chunks in like the southeast and the Midwest with Chicago and stuff, and then like you have like fifteen states in the middle, like in the, in out west, that has like nobody, right? Nobody. You know how many people live in Idaho? I think zero. Like three. It's abandoned. <laughs> it's abandoned. <laughs> when you go to Idaho, there's just like tumbleweeds, yeah. going past, and like there's there there's like mountain lions and shit yeah they've taken over i don't you can only see you see human beings or or figures that look like humanoid like in your periphery but then when you look they 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 disappear they disappear 
Let's get the fuck out of here. How scary would that be? I'd be really weirded out. And I would leave, and I wouldn't tell anyone. I'd be so scared. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'd be like, I can't summon like the shadow people. Yeah, the shadow people. By telling anyone about it, so I'm just not going to say anything. (laughs) I'm just going to go to my grave being like, that was really, really scary, but I'm free now. And like every time, every time you like, you kind of like notice like a figure like in your periphery, you also kind of hear, uh, you you hear like in your memory the screech of an eagle, but like it sounds the way it would in a dream, like oh, not no. like you're actually hearing it. Yeah, was a, this <laughs> this does not bode this the, well. This is the creepiest description of Idaho. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for their their tourism. A, a screech of a dream eagle. A screech of a dream eagle, <laughs> like an eagle from a dream. Like an eagle Idaho. From a dream. Idaho. <laughs> the screech of an eagle from a dream. <laughs> That would be so tight. That's such a tight motto. Idaho. Possibly ruled by an eldritch entity. Yeah. <laughs> Visit Idaho. Yeah, home of Neuralathotep. <laughs> the crimson chaos is beautiful this time of year. Yeah. Come to Idaho. Um, well, Pat, before we get to our topic, how the fuck are you? I'm fine. Yeah. He's asking. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I'm fine. Don't, yeah. worry, don't worry about and me. Our, and our listeners <laughs> on bated breath, they're don't, wondering. Don't ever fucking worry about me, okay? Just, Just <laughs> handle your own shit. How about that? Fine. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm like kind of uncomfortably full. I, I ate a big Mexican dinner before I came down here, and then I just ate more candy while I was working on the outline. For yeah, the you, you gorged on uh, Jolly Rancher <laughs> gummy things. Yeah. Uh-huh. An entire Butterfingers bar and a thing of iced tea. Yeah. With. with don't think I forgot about those Kit Kats you got for the ride home. <laughs> yeah, you noticed you looked at my bag. Ben's ready, dude. I'll say this about you. You're fucking ready <laughs> at all times. Um, yeah, it's uh it's it's been a it's been a nice couple of months. <laughs> yeah, that's been pretty interesting. But like I've gained like ten pounds. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean Yeah. I've stopped drinking. So now happens, I'm just like yeah. eating shit tons of candy. When you stop drinking, you're like, well, okay. <laughs> So well, I'm like, healthy enough to know that I can't do this anymore, uh, but I'm unhealthy enough that I have to replace it. I have to replace these calories with, with something, something new. arguably equally as bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Sugar, 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 sugar. Yeah, that's what's going to kill us. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the sugar. Yeah. The sugar's coming for our blood. The sugar has been coming for all of our blood. There's sugar in the blood. Yeah, that's... that's. <laughs> On Pat's tombstone. Well, yeah, there's that's sugar in the blood. Yeah, here lies Pat Dean. There's sugar in the blood. <laughs> I was thinking that could be the new motto for Los Estados Unidos. There's sugar in the blood. Yeah, yeah. Instead of E pluribus unum, there's sugar in the blood. What would be? Oh, so but it. How do you say in, that in Espanol? Hay uh, azúcar en en la sangre. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Um, but then what would it be in Latin? I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say sugar in Latin. I don't well, no, there, I don't think there's you know what's weird? I don't think there's a word for sugar in Latin. What those no sugar having sons of bitches? Because sugar wasn't uh like um like discovered until I think the New World. What? Yeah. I don't think like like sugar cane is I think indigenous to the New World. Sugar? So like Europe didn't have sugar oh, until Oh honey honey? Well that's the thing. No, so they had honey. That's what the, that's what they would use to <laughs> Yeah, you were my candy girl. Yeah. They had yeah, they had sugar, honey, and candy and girls. Candy girls. <laughs> Which is what they called witches. They candy burned them. girls, yeah. <laughs> candy girls. <laughs> oh sugar. Oh, honey, honey. Just burning to death. Just burning, yeah. 
Um, so they just used honey back in the day. For yeah, everything? I think they just had honey. Honey's kind of tight. I think, and I think maybe because you can also make like, well, actually, huh? You can because you can make a type of sugar from beets too, like beet sugar. What? Yeah, you can do that, and it's like, it's, but should you? People have done it in the past. It tastes. I, I'm. I think it tastes pretty much exactly like sugar. Oh, like regular like sugar from sugar cane. I take it back. Yeah, I take it all back. Then I've been <laughs> wrong about a lot of things in my life. But and it's, weird? it Europe, took in this beet sugar thing for, for me to realize that before like 1500 or so, Europe didn't have sugar. It didn't have tomatoes. It didn't have potatoes. Uh, and it didn't have like half the things that come in like Italian cuisine. How is this possible? Potatoes indigenous to South America. Tomatoes also indigenous to Mexico. Like tomatoes did not exist in European cuisines until the Spanish took over Mexico. Wow, isn't that crazy? Do you want to know what the uh, the first Italian guy to cook with uh, tomato? Uh, they haven't quoted. Let me guess. <laughs> oh! oh! <laughs> yeah. That's when they started talking like that. Before that... Oh, before, is this a fruit or is it a vegetable? Whoa! Before the tomato was introduced to Italian uh, cuisine, they spoke like way differently. Yeah. <laughs> they were a lot more calm. Yeah, right. And they were always on time. Yeah, and they never used their hands. Never. <laughs> no, they just... <laughs> t- tomato, tomato stuffing, <laughs> hand-talking pieces of shit. There's not a country on this planet that disrespects the concept of time more than Italy. They, they disrespect the God yeah. of time. The God, and of, the God time. of time Kronos. is the only God that's undefeated besides death. Yeah. <laughs> death and time. Death and time. And at Italy mocks both. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Sugar itself is a, uh, it's a word from Arabic. That's oh, yeah? actually where we get that word. Yeah. What do you know what the word is? I think it's like al sukr or something like that. Huh? Yeah. Because azúcar, azúcar is is Spanish too, and they got it from the Arabs when the Moops uh, took over Spain. Oh, of course, the, the, the Moops, of yeah. course, <laughs> a bubble boy, son of a bitch. Uh, okay, hold on. So, what are we learning about exactly? This, but this is a podcast ostensibly about philosophy. It's ostensibly about philosophy. Yeah. In case you can't guess, but so far we've talked about the Italians' war, the, the war that the, <laughs> the Italians, Italians war on death and time, death and time. <laughs> How Europe didn't have sugar. Um, what what would happen if the world was run by nuke wielding universities? It's a terrible podcast. It's just a bad podcast. When you actually like figure out what we discuss, it's just bad. Well, um, okay. So the topic. Speaking of Arabic, we're going a little bit outside the realm of uh, our normal topics. Oh, okay. We, we, <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Western philosophy is exactly that. Western philosophy is a bunch of dead white guys. Yes. Um, so instead, today, uh, we're going to talk about a we're... bunch of uh, dead Middle Eastern guys. Boo. <laughs> today, we're doing uh, Islamic philosophy. And that's people listen to our podcast for two things. What? The friendship and <laughs> the banter the, and the dead white guys. So I'm going to really have to say... Just be glad there aren't any women in these, because oh, well, remember, on. it's the Middle East. So there's, if you thought there were no women in in, in Western philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Huh. No, you know what's weird is actually there are a couple of, like, during the Islamic Golden Age, there was, like, quite a few uh, female, uh, like, Sufi mystics. Um, so I wouldn't really, like, categorize them as, like, philosophy philosophy, but they did a lot of writing and... Um, magic? No, I wouldn't say magic. It's like mis- more mysticism and like oh, okay. religious thinking and huh. theology and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. 
What's also weird is that the Islamic world was like much more of a party than it is today. Like yeah, back in really, the day, yeah. they were having a blast and they were like doing kind of cool shit. Like even though like technically alcohol is like haram in Islam, yeah. um, people would still drink wine like all the time back in the day, especially well, if they were rich. Well, wine <laughs> They just didn't give a shit. They're people like, just, yeah. wine has just been such a like a ubiquitous thing. Like people have just, re- human beings really like wine, dude. Yeah. We're fans. It's been for around for so long. We've been like found wine ways and to beer. get around that for forever same thing in judaism they drink you know wine and shit yeah but it's i don't think it's really used religiously. So it's more like grape juice that gets you drunk yeah i mean <laughs> what's cooler than that <laughs> jewish wine is barely wine who doesn't like grape juice it's like kool-aid it's like spiked kool-aid that's basically what it is huh. <laughs> rots your it's crazy teeth, to think man. about like like so hold on so there's like this is going to sound insane, and this is just going to sound, especially out of context, but when it's inevitably taken out of context, are there Jewish vineyards? Um, <clears throat> What's the deal? Oh, well, I, I'm, I, I'm sure there has to be. There has to be, but you never um, hear about yeah. it. Yeah, like, well, and also- and In the, like, the Sonoma Valley or whatever? Oh, yeah, well, well, yeah, now I bet, like, there's a ton. Like, I bet there's a ton of, like, California vineyards that were just bought by some Jewish family. Who's That's not what enough. I mean. I mean, like- you mean like traditionally Jewish? Yes, that like make Jewish wine. I don't know about vineyards, the way that you'd think about like Italian or French. That's what like, I'm thinking vineyards, of. Vineyards, like really like. That would roll. I, like idyllic, you know, beautiful, you know, rolling hills of grapevines and shit. It's I would, 78 degrees. I would say no. Not, I mean, like definitely not in the day. Probably one or two. Oh, maybe there might be a few in Israel. Actually, I think there are some in Israel. Really? The, there might be like a vineyard or two in Israel. Well, let's sample them. Okay. Let's go. We can try try some Israeli wine. Some Israeli wine. But I mean, like, also think about wine. Like, almost everybody has wine. Everyone at, does. At least in that area of the world. But, like, everywhere. People really... Not everywhere, everywhere. The Americas didn't really have wine. No? I mean, like, wine cultivation didn't really start until Europeans got here. Do you know that whiskey didn't get to Mexico until, like, the 1900s? Uh, Isn't that wild? I mean, that's not that surprising. I think it is. Well, considering that, like, we'll think of who colonized Mexico. It's the Spanish. Spanish don't have whiskey. I know. They're, they're another wine people. But it just seems like... Well, Mexico just... had their own thing going. They've got fucking tequila. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there, are any two, if there are any two liquors that would, like, fight, like a Dragon Ball Z fight, it would be whiskey and tequila. Yeah, they are fans of the agave plant. Yeah. <clears throat> and pulque. Have you ever... You know what pulque is? Pardon me? You know what pulque is? Uh, I'm uh, no, but I have a feeling I'm about to find out. <laughs> Shit is kind of gross. What is it? It's basically like a it's, worm. No, it's like it's a like bug? a it's like a low um uh what's it called a uh like low alcohol content beverage that the Aztecs used to drink that was basically made from like like discarded like corn like whatever like uh, like fermented corn overlap or whatever. Um, like <laughs> fermented corn. Overlap. Well, like you know, uh, what's it called? A- excess corn that they had that they didn't use to make their staple foods. The same way that the barley was turned into beer. It's basically like the excess stuff that wasn't used that was just like left out to ferment. That's how you. That's how beer was discovered. Yeah. So like, sort of the same deal in Mexico or like you know in the, with the Aztecs, their main crop was corn, and when they like produced too much corn and they had this left over, they'd let it ferment and it would kind of. Turn into it could turn into pulque, what's called pulque, which is basically kind of like a corn beer. Um, but the way that they would like 
activate and like speed up the fermentation process is they take wads of this stuff and like chew it and then spit it out oh, into, guys, these, into these into these like spittoons of like you know uh, or uh, or uh, uh, what's it called like cisterns or so- or something. I mean that's addict behavior. Kind of, and they just like let, but the just saliva, the up. enzymes in the saliva speed up the fermentation process. Right, and like, then they just take ladles of it and they pour it into cups, just hand it out, and that's what people are drinking. It's like corn beer and spit. <laughs> Human beings, like we, we've been getting we'll fucked do up. So many things that got fucked up for so long, for so much of our history. The Mongols drank fucking uh, uh, fermented horse milk. Why not? Like rotten horse milk. Well, they could fuck you up. Yeah, it fucks I you bet. up. They get drunk. They get drunk as fuck and conquer like all of Asia. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'll, well, yeah I'll, but say what you want about those fuckers. They probably had some stories. Yeah, I'm sure they had some stories. It must have been interesting to sit around the fire with those guys, have a few cups of fucking fermented horse milk or whatever. I would be so fucking scared. They would get, probably like one of them would get fucked up and take offense to something I said that I wasn't even... Didn't even intend yeah. to be offensive. Yeah. Or would... for literally no reason. And they'll just shoot like five or six arrows into my fucking chest. Maybe. Well, I don't know. You're you're affable. <laughs> you think I could win over a, a <laughs> Mongol horde? I think they eventually warm to you. As long as you don't say anything too dumb. If you just hang out and like kind of, you know, play your position yeah. and just laugh when they laugh. <laughs> try not to say something stupid like, hey, why y'all look Chinese? So... <laughs> Um, so y'all are Chinese. <laughs> it's just there's a lull in the conversation three hours in. That's what you say in that accent. Like, so y'all whatever. are Chinese. So y'all are Chinese. We don't really know that. I didn't even know. I didn't know. I didn't know that y'all well, were Chinese. Bless your heart. <laughs> okay. We gotta get into this topic, man. So Speaking of just your Texan mind is blow. <laughs> See y'all are are you Chinese or are you not Chinese? What a question. <laughs> hey, real quick. This is the most ignorant bumpkin ass question. <laughs> guys, I've had a lot of fun tonight, but real quick, are you guys Chinese? Are you guys Chinese? Genghis Khan is like we will be. Yeah. <laughs> we will yeah. be in a couple in a couple generations. Yeah. Um <laughs> we're gonna take over the fuck out of that fucking empire. Um all right, so we're talking about Islamic philosophy. Um, oh yeah. So, uh, in case you weren't aware, uh, back when <laughs> Europeans were literally eating shit yes. after um, uh, after the fall of the Roman Empire, um, this guy named Muhammad came out of uh, a region of the world that also at the time was sort of eating shit. Um, camel shit in this case. Um, <laughs> Why is everyone eating shit? <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the, your mind, everyone the, back then was just eating shit. Because it's the past, and it's, the past fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> the past is dirty the and stupid. The past is dirty and stupid. <laughs> so they, they, and they eat shit. Ben yeah. Shola. Well, not, so that's the thing. So the, 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 the past isn't always dirty and stupid. Uh, these guys had a really good run of making the past, like, kind of tight. Um, so this guy, Muhammad, Hey, real quick. Uh, how this is going to, well, this is probably going to make me sound like an idiot. How soon after the fall of Rome did Islam start, you know? Um, oh, that's a good question. So, I mean, if you want to say what's, um, what's 610 minus 476? 610 minus 476 is 135, I think. Or 134. No, 100. Yeah, 134 years. Okay. So 134 years after the fall of, after the fall of Rome, 
Muhammad got his first um, revelation. So is that considered like in the aftermath? What do you mean? Like, well, could you say that in the aftermath? Well, no, because the well, two really aren't related, I guess. No, yeah, no, because, and also, like, Arabia. So, so okay, so, yeah, let's get into this. Post-Roman world. Muhammad was born in Mecca, um, which was is in now in now Saudi Arabia, but at the time was basically... Um, this Our is business crazy. partners, the Saudi Arabia. The Saudis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, yeah, shout we are out sponsored. To, to the Saudi government. Our sponsors, the Saudi government. <laughs> we've been sponsored by... Um, uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so far, we've been uh, sponsored by Kyrgyz, uh, the, the, the shoe uh, fr- uh, friends. Yeah. We've been sponsored by a now defunct business involving organizing your rooms and, of course... The Saudi government. The Saudi government, yeah. yeah. Those have been our sponsors over <laughs> Those the years. Are our, yeah, our sponsors over the years. Um, so, yeah, so Muhammad was born in uh, in Mecca in 570, and uh, Mecca at the time was part of, well, this is kind of insane to say, uh, but this is a period of time back when um, certain entire regions of the world were just literally in anarchy. There was no... There's no governing body whatsoever. And Arabia huh. around this time was one of those places. It was like inhabited most, there was like a few cities. So like Mecca, um, Medina, which back at uh, back in the day um, was called Yathrib, I think. And then you Whoa. have, yeah. And then you have like, I think you have Yathrib? like. Yathrib? Yathrib, yeah. That's what, that's they the original. They should have just kept it Yathrib. Medina, well, yeah, yeah, okay. Medina's that sounds a nice... very cool. Um, yeah, Yathrib. Yeah. Yathrib. I think it's Yathrib. I'm from, I'm from a little town called Yathrib. Maybe yeah, you've heard it's of in it. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Yathrib. Well, Saudi now it's Arabia. called Medina. Um, oh, whatever. But uh, but yeah, so like there are all these towns like that. There's like I think like the t- there's a coastal town called Jeddah, which is like right on the coast of Saudi Arabia now. Um, but this region is called the Hejaz, which is um, basically like the coastline on that side of um, of the Red Sea, uh, and that and like the desert interior like the, the middle of of Saudi Arabia now or just Arabia then was just fucking desolate desert um and it was inhabited by just bedouins basically and no one's in charge and no one is in charge i mean there are like clans so like everything was like the the closest thing to like a a governing body in this society were the different clans and tribes Right, and so it was all very hierarchical and like based on kinship. Like there was no such thing as like a king. They didn't have a king. They didn't have queens. They no didn't cops. have no cops. How do you how do you feel? Fucking about this, justice ben? was meted out by like, did you kill my brother? All right, I get to kill your brother. But let me ask <laughs> like you eye this. for an eye, shit. Like very very straightforward. And are you saying that we should go back to this? No, no. <laughs> no it's See, it's, trap it's brutal. <laughs> it's painful. It's traumatizing. People are dying left and right. There's like can't be nonstop slavery and oppression. No, can't be. <laughs> um, a good time. If you're not starving to death or completely dehydrated because you can't find water in time, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> if you like, don't even think about being an orphan. You're fucked. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're an orphan, then you're fucked. Some of them, some some people would, some tribes would just like if they had like a like you know one of the families in the tribe or the clan, like if the parents died and they had just like an orphan that didn't have any sort of like a little orphan next band. of kin, they would just leave them in the desert. See ya. <laughs> and then just later, and then sorry, just dude. Leave. Yeah. Sorry, dude. It's the ancient world. <laughs> yeah. They walk away. <laughs> sorry, it sucks. Don't worry, I have syphilis, I think. 
<laughs> my nose is we still have leprosy so yeah. you know it's... we think 35 is like an old man <clears throat> yeah so not awesome <laughs> it's not tight um and uh so this guy muhammad he's this guy who uh he's a very nice sensitive boy actually and he sees what's going on around him in the society and he's like this sucks not this fucking sucks yeah so he goes to um so real quick i'm going to start with just like overall theology of islam and then we're going to get into the philosophical stuff um but so right now you know muhammad goes into these like he goes in these spiritual retreats uh in these like caves this place has so many caves <laughs> so he'll hide in a cave and he'll like sit there and like fast for like days and just like think about shit and meditate wow and then one day in 610 uh he gets this like like overwhelmingly loud booming like like brain throbbing voice in his head uh that starts basically tell reciting him so what the, the what the voice says it says recite <laughs> And then Muhammad goes, I'm, I don't like, I don't know what you mean. I'm not someone who just recites stuff. And then the voice says, recite. <laughs> and he's like, I can't. I, what, what do you want me to recite? And then the voice the third time says, recite. And then he starts just like saying the Quran. Yikes. He just starts like say, like reciting the Quran. It's automatically there. Yeah, it's automatically there. It's the word of God through him. Okay. And so he starts preaching this to all these people. Um, long story short, most of the people, um, who, they were all like polytheists, pagans at the time, uh, didn't like his message because he's talking about just one God. Uh, they weren't having that. All the prophets, you know, they're all pissed off because he's telling them to like treat people fairly and, you know, don't expose orphans to like the desert. Yes, just <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> you guys stop. Like slavery kind of sucks too. <laughs> Can you please not do that? <laughs> like that shit. Um, and you know, the, so these are like the, his, his following is mostly like poor people because he also has like a very strong social justice component to his message. I think that's where everything um, has to start. Almost, almost every major like religious movement, yeah. um, has like a social justice component. But it starts it. with, yeah, with like the regular, if not the poor people, the regular people, you know, regular what I mean? people, like not rich people who are <clears throat> yeah. like, oh, this guy's kind of talking about how, like, maybe we do deserve more. And that's maybe why we do have dignity as human beings. And that's why you and I are such huge Trump guys. <laughs> yeah, we right. finally got that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like a regular guy. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's just like us. Just like you and me. What's funny he has is a that podcast? in a way he kind of is. Why like, doesn't he have a podcast? I'm well. I don't know if he would. You listen to it? I would absolutely listen to it. I don't know. I think I would. I would. I think I would listen to a few. few. I would check out a few episodes because he is a fascinating guy. Just the way he speaks is hypnotic. I like. I'd like to know what his like opinions are on just like not political stuff. Like you know, uh, like what's his stance on like not letting people pass on the on the left lane you know he might just he yeah, might he I mean, might have like insane like theories about that well he would sometimes just have those <laughs> theories and just work think them out loud when he's like giving in the middle of a speech he <laughs> like starts a talking speech about, about like nuclear like proliferation he'll just like, talk about like shower and how like the shower like pressure is in his like it seems like that and toilets it seems like they used to be a lot more intense and you're like wait a minute <laughs> Why are you talking about this? There's nothing to do with what you're talking about. I mean, that is, it's kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. So a podcast of that is, um, yeah, I, I guess he's more of a, a live performer. I think he would lose interest pretty quickly if yeah. it was just him in front of a microphone and not in front of a live crowd. <laughs> yeah. But I'd listen to a few. I would definitely check out a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd try to appear on the show, I think. 
What's that? I, I would try to appear on, on his show as a character to see if I. Oh, could you try to get on the show? Yeah. Oh man, that'd be so fun. It'd be, I, I'm like, okay, well, look, I can't I mean, dwell on this because I'm having so many thoughts about this. Well, here's he the might th- have like one of the funniest shows of all time. Well, the thing if, about like, him is that him... like he's a guy who can't. Like, okay, as long as he's like like even he can do it from jail if he like ever does get arrested, which I don't think he will. Do you know who Stuttering John is from the? Uh... Yeah. Okay, so Stuttering John was this, this guy who was on uh, the Howard Stern show <laughs> for his podcast. He called the White House and like did a really bad impression of like. A senator and like got through to the president. Like the president called him back. <laughs> Wait, which president? Donald it? Trump. Oh, it was Trump. Oh, yeah. Okay. He called and then they were like, "He'll call you back," and he did. Like he's a guy who can get tricked. Like <laughs> I could trick him. I know I could trick him. <laughs> what would you trick him with? But I, I can't. I can't say I could trick his like production team. Maybe. Maybe they do a background check and realize I'm like just some shit at a comedian and not. Well, now it, I would say I was. Someone. You know what's fucking harrowing is that like his his like production team might do more vetting than his like political advisors while Maybe. he was president oh yeah absolutely you know yeah, absolutely yeah yeah so like isn't I, that weird yeah so i couldn't <laughs> I, I don't think i could go on a show and like not have them be like oh you're clearly on this to be a dick yeah because <laughs> he wouldn't have no idea right i would trick him i'd win <laughs> pat would win yeah. just so everyone knows when it comes to pat versus trump that wins i just think i just think i could convince him of 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 something i could get him to, i could get him to change a law i know i could if i had if i just had direct access to donald trump i think i could get him to to sign or he, nothing now he's not the president anymore, but you know what i mean when he was a president i think i could get him to like just change a law like <laughs> if i just sat I bet, him down i bet if you could i bet you could convince him to like pass a law that like liberates all zoo animals that's what i'm saying i <laughs> like, could that's sit down would, with him that's what i would ask for i'd be like try i'd try that and, and go, i would stay indoors i would stay indoors <laughs> and i'd be like can you please like i'd lobby him to to get all all like animals in free. zoos in the United States immediately the, the, set yeah, free. The, 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 they the open ba- the gates. The barred gates just open, and no plan past that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know I could. I could and, get them. You know, just let them wander out. If I just sat down with them for like an hour <laughs> and just one on one, and just kept bringing up how you know, I feel like things are going really well for you. It it just sucks that lately this whole zoo thing has been talking with you, and then you go, "What are you talking about?" And I go. I'd go, oh my God, like you're the people who surround you. They're so stupid. They don't, they must not respect you. I can't believe they didn't bring this to your attention. Yeah, people yeah. everywhere are talking about how zoo animals need to be free. And if, if you <laughs> yeah. were any type of a real man, you'd set them free. And yeah. like, I would just do shit like that. And he would eventually go, all right, let's do it. Yeah, he let's would, do it. Would, I'm a real man. He would, I'm a real man. I'll, I will sign an executive order right now freeing yeah, every you think animal. I won't? Then you have every to dare Every pet, too. Then, then all the pets are free, too. Yeah, I'm a but, fucking crazy person. <laughs> then you have to dare him. Like, you won't like, do it. If he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to be like, you won't, you wouldn't you won't do, do it. it. You won't do it. You don't have the balls to do it. And he'd be fucking, like, are you fucking kidding? He would do it. I, I just, <laughs> again, I, I think if, if I did that, I think he'd have an advisor or someone with him who would go, we clearly can't do we this can't guy. can't do that, sir. And uh, like, <laughs> then even afterward, if he went, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to sign a zero for this. There'd be someone who would, would stop it. I just think if I could get direct access to him for an hour and then just have him go straight to it and do it, I could get him to do that. <laughs> Because he's, uh, he's, so he's so surface level. You know, know. exactly what you have to say to him. It's the same thing you say to a little kid. I know. But And then, like, so, I mean, 
probably to convince him to sign it. Not that I would approve of this, but j- if it was just me and him in a room and he was like, he needed a little more work to like get over to that side of the fence. Yeah. I would say like, well, cause think about it, you know, you give them a fighting chance. So when you go out to hunt them, you're more of a man. Oh that way, shit. Right? Yeah. You let, you know, you, you, you take them like, you know, mano a mano. Gorilla hunter. Gorilla hunter. <laughs> you can hunt gorillas. Just let them free. You know, Trump if they, you know and if you can't kill them, then it deserves to go free. Yeah, I mean, if you can't do it, then no one can. <laughs> right, yeah. and now he just him becomes up a, a guy who just hunts wild. <laughs> oh yes, formally not, not even formally wild. wild yeah, they're, they're not even wild. They're they're uh, domesticated animals, and he hunts them. Well, they're not exactly domesticated. They're they're just um, I don't know what you call that because they're not domesticated. They're still wild animals. Like domesticated means it's been bred in them over generations to be oh, like, okay. Never mind. Familiar yeah. with humans. Oh, okay. Like, oh, you know, a lion, if it's like... A, Look, the a, point is that the fucking lions are going free, dude. <laughs> Thanks to me and President Donald J. Trump. Oh, what would you do if you just, like, walked outside, like, you're going to work, and you're, like, you know, locking your door, <laughs> and you turn around. And there's a gorilla. There's, like, or, like, a lion, maybe, like, 30 feet away. Um, I, I, I well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm like, this is a bad idea. Would like, you try, like, would you just go straight back into your apartment, or would you try to get to your car? Um, I would probably try to get to my car and I would call the whoever I have to call the police, I guess. Yeah, I'll get back yeah. to the car and because I get I try to get to my car and drive away. I would drive away quickly. And yeah. the line I don't think the line would go after me. I mean I would yeah, you'd have to like move the, this is inside so weird. that car, swear, the car is I, way too big. There's no No way no no no, I mean I'm no I'm saying like I'm saying in this scenario you've just like you're going to work, you've just locked your uh your uh, okay. apartment door. Yeah. And you're gonna walk into the parking lot to your car. Okay, then no, I go back into my apartment. You go back into your apartment. And I call my job and I go, fuck you. Dude, no. <laughs> I just go, I just go, absolutely not. And I hang up. It doesn't even, it doesn't even try to run after you. It's just, it sees you and it just, it's like looking at you. I don't care. Kind of like, kind of like curiously. Ben, I work in the service industry. You think it's worth a lion chase? <laughs> even if there's a one, only a 1% chance of happening? Absolutely not. <laughs> And if and then and if and if they said, Pat, that's ridiculous. You have to come to work. I'd go. There's a lion. And if I kept saying there's a lion, and they said, Well, whatever. I would just say, Well, you know what? I have diarrhea. Can't come into work. Sorry. <laughs> yep. You're, you're not. Allowed I have to diarrhea work. so hard that some of it splashed up and kind of like a little drop hit my mouth. Well, you don't. You so don't go that far. <laughs> if you if you have diarrhea, yeah. Technically, like legally. Right. Right. Yeah. You're if you're if you're a work. food handler. Yeah. 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 So I'd just go, I have diarrhea. And then I would hang out the phone and I'd just scream at the sky <laughs> or scream at the ceiling and just get so annoyed. Would you? Well, never I'm mind. I'm stuck from going to a job that I don't even really want to go to. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. like, I mean, I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's I a job. I know what a job is. Yeah. It's the place you don't want to go to that you have to go to. And there's a line. I can't even go. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 if my, and my boss is giving me shit about it. A lion? Yeah. Would you try to take a picture if he really didn't believe you? I'd be almost so pissed that he didn't believe me that I'd be like, okay, fuck yeah, you. I would and quickly. I'd, and I'd grab a well, little Well, how quick, close is the line to the front 30, door? 30 feet away. Oof, that is. Like, what's 30 feet? So, really, like, you okay, know, really fast. I do it really fast. And I send it to him. Yeah, like, well, I'd get my phone ready. Yeah. And then I'd, like, open the door slowly yeah. and just snap it. And then. And I send that line pick. What if this time, though, when you open the door, the line's right there? Um, I slam the door and I lock it and I run and hide underneath my covers. <laughs> like a little boy? Yeah. I just hide. I hide from the lion at my front door. Okay. So, so I'm only get to this topic. Yeah, huh? probably. God damn it. <laughs> so 
before before that digression, we were talking. We we got there. We got there somehow. Uh, we got there because we we're talking about. It's usually the like you know the poor people, the downtrodden, yeah. the poors, uh, the poors, <laughs> the poors, <laughs> the, the you know the the underprivileged. Um, you know, masses of of any given society that like seem to be the first people to adopt a new like a paradigm religion. Shift. Yeah, some sort of like societal paradigm shift, an ideological movement, whatever you want to call it. Um. So with Islam, um, there are a few uh, basic premises to this ideology or this religion. Um, there's six primarily. Okay, fairly simple. One, there's one God, just. Nice. One. None of this three bullshit. None of this yeah. three and one. None of this God and man. None of this like shit where like this guy like it's God, but he has the has a son of God at the same time. No. Yeah, none of that. There's one guy. We've had it. One fucking guy. Okay, and he runs everything. Do they say fuck? Yeah, they say fuck. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> this uh, this concept it's so strange. Not only is there only one. This this entity, this being, is all encompassing. It is eternal. It exists outside of time and space, but inhabits it at the same time. Imbues time and space, time and space, with its very existence. Okay, it transcends, but it exists imminently. Uh, you know, throughout the world at the same time and the universe anyway. Um, but it also exists beyond it and transcends it. This guy's name is Allah, and this principle is called Tawhid. Um, and uh, Tawhid basically just means like unit, unity or like oneness or, or, un- one or uniqueness. It's the concept of one, of one thing. Okay. That's the most important thing. Okay. Um, number two, <laughs> this is kind of fun, angels. <laughs> what? In, in Islam, one of the main tenets of the belief is you have to believe in angels. <laughs> really? Yeah. Angels are, angels are beings that were created by God, uh, Allah. Um, they're made out of light. And they assist uh, God, or they like they're basically like gophers for God. Yeah. Okay. And they also like have certain. Um, they are like sort of intermediaries, or um, uh, you know, conduits or representatives of God, because God is so above everything and so like beyond our comprehension that these spiritual entities um, that are nevertheless, in a spiritual sense, delimited. What do they? Um, s- what do they say they look like? Because because in in the Bible they're they're horrifying. Yeah, it's not as horrifying as the Bible. They look like people with wings. Okay, because in the yeah. Bible there's there's but always that's, that's, just, they can not, take yeah. any. So they're spiritual beings, so they can take any form they want. Okay. To. Um, conventionally and like artistically speaking, like you know, in, in illuminated manuscripts of like old Arabic texts or Islamic texts, they're portrayed as as people with wings. They're like anthropomorphic beings with wings okay hey um, it, that's ben, just a convention if and it ain't like, broke don't fix it yeah um <clears throat> so uh angels yeah so that's like a race of beings that were created in the by outfield God. angels in the outfield another yes angels <laughs> another, in the outfield. a famous movie about islam yeah that's <laughs> yes, right with um <laughs> what if there were muslim with christopher angels? lloyd That'd be so weird Danny Glover. if like you go back and watch it and you're like oh there are muslim angels this whole time yeah i mean like in uh the angel gabriel in arabic is jibril because in they were Muslim angels because that's not how those guys look in in the the Bible or in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's not how angels are described as looking at all. We 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 did a Patreon episode about right biblically yeah, yeah. accurate angels. They're, Biblical- they're, they're kind of horrifying. Yeah, they're uh, like a monster made out of like thousands of eyeballs. And there's always eyeballs, and it's just it's just a lot, man. And it's so a bit much. Yeah. The, the, the idea of angels as these beings with like humans with wings that comes from like ancient 
you know, what Greece or whatever, those cherub face kids or whatever, the yeah. Cupid or whatever. That, that's where that comes from. That's mm-hmm. not from the Bible. Yeah, at that's all. weird. Yeah, that is that, that image of an angel is more of like a sprite figure coming from. Yeah, from I like don't Greek know what the Roman term mythology. is, but it's the term where you take something from one religion and you kind of marry it into the concept from your religion. Oh, Synchrony- syncretism. Yeah, syncretism. It's yeah. sort of like that. So, um, so I, it sounds like the Islam one is 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 the one that we see in pop culture, meaning all those movies about angels are about Muslim angels. They're all Muslim angels, yeah. That's kind of strange. Christopher Lloyd is Muslim in that movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But, well, this is kind of like the thing about like Islam in general, is that it's kind of like this down-to-earth religion. It's actually like very... Everything's like really simple in a way. Um, not as simple at, at first glance, actually, because we're, we're going to get into really complicated shit here. Oh, okay. Um, but like, as far as like the bare minimum that you need to know to be Muslim, you don't need a lot. Just, there's one God. You have to believe in angels. Next thing is you have to believe in uh, a succession of prophets. So God sends down messengers. These are human beings um, who uh, are trying to sort of uh, disseminate the message of like there is one God and you have to do right in this life to get uh, you know reward in the afterlife and uh, you know to uh, uh, kind of be in harmony with the way the world is supposed to be. You should act in a certain way where you treat people with dignity and respect. You okay? You well, know, distribute wealth uh, equally and fairly. Mm. Um, you refrain one. from like you know major sins like mm. murder, rape. Uh, Theft, uh, lying. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I got two like of the three. Yeah. Um, and, but like the thing is, and it's funny, is like you'd think that like these rules are not that hard to follow. Like you could, like, you know, it doesn't. I'm trying it's to say, hard I'm not trying... to do bad things, man. You know why? Because they, because they the make thing. it so much easier to just lie to somebody. That's even if thing. it's just well, a white lie. And also, it's the, doing bad things is like what you can do to avoid immediate like confrontation and yeah. and uh, and like immediate suffering or immediate uh, discomfort. Even <laughs> you know, like so many bad things are like done to just alleviate some sort of discomfort. Where if like if you just like you know take on the burden of that discomfort, things will end up being way better in the long run. You know, but so. The thing is, is that like, yeah, it is really easy to do, for us to do bad things, which is why God has to send down these prophets, like over and over these and terrifying over angels and over again. Like all these guys are like, stop fucking raping each other, you guys, please. Okay, and they're like, all right, sorry, we'll stop. And then like, definitely the guy looks away, and then everyone's raping each other again. Yikes! You know, and so God has to keep sending. Can you imagine how fucking annoying that is? Man, humanity. <laughs> it's like you guys, stop. <laughs> <laughs> who do i have to send next so basically god was like uh, finally in in 610 starting in 610 and over the course of the next two decades he's like all right i'm gonna send one last guy this is the last guy i'm sending you all right <laughs> this is it <laughs> please i'm not gonna say it again <laughs> yeah that re- that's so funny <laughs> so that's why muhammad is considered the seal of the prophets he's the last one it's just him it's just, well it's not just him he's the last one He's the one who's like, like this is your last chance, you okay. guys. He's pissed. Seems like it. He's fu- he's pissed. I've picked up on it, and he's given you so many chances. <laughs> so you gotta listen to me, you guys. Luckily, over well, almost two billion people have listened to this guy so far. Um, Luckily, well, they they say that they list, they've listened to him, but they a lot a lot of these people are still doing bad shit. Seems yeah, but every well, religion does that. What can you do? Uh. 
fourth thing, scripture. Uh, basically, God has also sent down with these prophets certain revelations. So with uh, Moses or Musa in Arabic, that's his name. Musa. That's Musa. Moses is Musa in Arabic. Okay. Um, he he gave him the the what's in Arabic known as the Taurat, which is what just Arabic for the Torah. Oh. Uh, Isa, uh, aka Jesus, the, he the sent big dog. Him, the big dog, one of the most important prophets, not the son of God. <laughs> says prop, you. Says yeah. Says say, say Muslims. Yeah. Uh, says Islam. Um, he uh did, wasn't even crucified, which is funny in Islam. He was never crucified. Hmm. That was like uh, God, like saved him, like at the last minute. Um, but Isa uh, <clears throat> uh, was given what's called the Injil, which is Arabic for the Gospels, and then finally Muhammad was gifted the Quran. Okay, uh, all of these are the Word of God. They're basically like you know set in stone, written things saying this is how you this is how you act right, you guys. Okay, how you act right, act right. <laughs> Uh, finally, there's a day of judgment. There's going to be a day we don't know when where he's going to tomorrow. It could be tomorrow. It could be tomorrow. It's, you're saying it's tomorrow. I'm not saying it is tomorrow. So it's not tomorrow. <laughs> it's not tomorrow. Okay. Well, no, I don't know. I can't say. You just said it's not tomorrow. I I like okay. I have like a ninety nine percent. I'm ninety nine percent sure it's not going to be tomorrow. But there's still you promise. There's still no. I can't promise that. That's the point. That's the point of this. Why not? The point of this one doctrine is the day of judgment. Is that no one knows when it's coming. Okay. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in an hour from now. Um, Dang. Uh. Anyway, there's going to be a day of judgment where God uh, resurrects everyone who's already dead, been dead, and um, if you're not dead yet, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be judged, and then you're gonna be sent either to heaven or hell. Wait, hold on. So if you're alive and you're on, so are you sent? So you don't die? That was something, we kind of discussed this. Folks, if you want to check out our Patreon, we also have uh, some other episodes dealing with Islam, our, our, our spinoff called Islam Slaps. Yeah, we've, we've, we've done a lot of different religious discussions. Yeah. Uh, in those episodes, we go into that in a bit more detail. That's like sort of, I, I'm not sh- the specific question of whether like people who have already died or are already dead are they already in heaven or hell right now or are they in this weird like like you know cryogenic sleep phase before they're judged on the day of judgment well that's not my question oh i thought that was your question my question is so the day of judgment comes right yeah there's a bunch of people still alive right yeah so what happens to them so they're they're going to be Did judged they get killed they're not going to be killed so they go because they don't they, have to so their body think, goes to heaven okay so this is a detail i'm not actually completely sure on I why don't, not well here's the thing god on the day of judgment god is going to resurrect bodily resurrect everyone who's already dead anyway right so everyone in the history of the world is going to be alive again or still alive yeah on the day of judgment god judges everybody who has ever been born in their like alive state they're brought to like, I, I mean, there's like a lot of debates about the intricacies of this, but like, you know, I think the general consensus is that people, people are brought back to their like peak, their peak, like physical moment. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like the moment where you were like, you know, in, in your best shape when you look the hottest, Oof. <laughs> that's when they're, that's when you get resurrected. Oh, well, the, for you and me, that's not going to still yeah. be that good. I mean, it won't be great. It'll be better than this <laughs> right now. Think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Ben, do you think that you've I'm, never... I'm, 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 dude, like I said, I got, I'm getting fat. I, I, think. I think you've never been hotter. 
Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. I think that you've uh, grown into your body. I think we're both looking good today. (laughs) Yeah, we both look really good. I mean, I'm wearing pajamas. We're ready to be resurrected. (laughs) I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to go. That's a a gospel. Hallelujah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can hear the voices singing soft and low. All right. Yeah. Okay. And then so there's the day of judgment. Last uh, is this uh, doctrine of divine decree, which is basically like predestination. Um, what? It's not quite predestination, but it's basically like God already knows everything that's going to happen. God, by his very existence, has set in motion uh, like everything he knows the score. that's going to happen, you know, over all time. That being said, and there's like a lot of, we'll talk a little bit about this, and we've already discussed this a little bit, is that, you know, Muslims still believe in free will, um, but they also believe that God knows the course of, you know, every single decision ever made. Uh, You know, it's important to remember that he doesn't like dictate, he doesn't say, you are going to choose this. Like, I'm telling you that you're going to choose this. He just knows it's going to happen. He just knows that you are going to choose this. Look, I've been around. Yeah, yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah, he's not like compelling you to go a certain path. He just knows the path you're already going to take. <coughs> um, so there's a little more, there's more nuance to that, but we'll leave it at that for now. Um, so that's the basic theology of Islam. That's like the kind of like the bare minimum of like what you need to believe to call yourself Muslim. Um, so what, what's the philosophy? So the philosophy, we're getting into it. Okay, so a little bit of history. Um, so, you know, Islam kind of starts as a religion roughly when, well, basically when Muhammad starts getting followers. So like between 610 and 633 when he dies, uh, you know, he starts gathering a following and these are the first Muslims. <clears throat> and then pretty much almost as soon as he dies, they're like, all right, let's spread the word. And boy, howdy, did they? Yeah, they did a pretty good job. Um, starting in like a sliver of land on the coast of Saudi Arabia in 630 by 750 AD, they have conquered all of Arabia, pretty much all of the Fertile Crescent, the Middle East, uh, uh, the Holy Lands, all of North Africa, going from uh, going from Algeria, basically, no, all the way to Morocco and into Spain. At that point, they conquered Spain in 711. Uh, AD. That's always a, that's, that's a, like a hundred years that's, after. That's a crazy uh, thing in history to me. Yeah, they made they it to Spain. Yeah. They got they got pushed. But the Muslims finally got pushed back in Europe by um, uh, Charles Martel. He was a like a, a Frank knight who fought in the, I think it was the Battle of Tours. And that was you in, must leave. You must leave. You cannot uh, stay here. <laughs> we are French. <laughs> We hate Muslims. Yeah, they really, <laughs> they really do. do. To this they day, are not fans. they fucking are not fans. No. Um. Yeah. So the French kicked out, or the the French stopped the advance of the Muslims or the Moops, um, in tours. In, I um, fought in your general direction. Yeah, that was in 732 AD, I think. Um. So basically, the Muslims made it a little bit into France, uh, in about a hundred years since like Muhammad dies. Okay. Um, they also, not only do they go West, they go East into, um, a lot of like these Turkish lands, uh, Persia. And eventually I think by like, like around 900 AD, they make it to India. Like they basically take over a huge chunk of like Northern India. And then over the course of the next, like, 100 200 years uh, up until around like 1300 they they fucking make it all the way across not militarily but they can end up converting like indonesia like so they get into like all the way pretty much to the philippines 
<laughs> so from the Philippines to Spain, Muslim, okay, in the matter of like 100 years. Um, and they build one of the most advanced civilizations of all time. And like co- going with that are a bunch of philosophers who are going to basically want to, um, you know, justify and lend more credence and legitimacy to the religion by uh, expounding more on its like theology and its philosophy. And they are, they, these guys are far enough separated. This, we, well, yeah, of course, because this, you said it's like a, over 100 years. So they're, so they're not... They weren't involved with the actual founding of the religion. No, this these. The, so we're going to talk about. They came later. We're going to talk about a lot of figures in in uh, Muslim philosophy or Islamic philosophy who come a lot later. And actually, right. so we'll talk the first guy right well, off the bat. Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. Al Kindi. Uh, yeah. This guy, Al Kindi, he was born uh, around eight hundred one A.D., so a little less than two hundred years after the founding of Islam. Um, he died in uh, eight seventy three. Um, can't remember where he's from. I didn't write that down, but you know, somewhere in the Middle East. Don't beat yourself assume. up, dude. <laughs> um, he is associated with this thing called the translation movement. So this is a really important thing in the history of Islamic philosophy and you know, Islamic intellectual the translation history. movement. The translation movement. Basically, think of like where where the Muslims conquered once they when they got out of Arabia in like basically in a, a like an explosion of conquest. They got. Like Babylon, uh, Baghdad, uh, you know the Holy Land. Um, they took they they took over like almost two empires that were fighting. So at the time that like Muhammad was preaching, the main uh, like geopolitical powers in the region, um, like north of Arabia, were the Persian Empire off to the off to the east, and the Byzantine Roman Empire, or like the Eastern Roman Empire in the west. They con- they had like Turkey. Uh, the Holy Land before Islam and like uh, most of the Eastern Mediterranean, so like Greece and um, Northern Egypt and parts of Northern Africa. That was the Byzantine Empire, and then Persia had basically what's like what's Iran now. More like the getting busy tin. Like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. It was close. Yeah, whatever. You tried. Yeah, I tried. You, sw- you swung. And I <laughs> you missed <know>? hard. <laughs> I like fell over. Can't hit anything out. if you don't swing, man. Yeah. But what I did was I swung so hard that I kept spinning. Yeah. And I spun into my dugout and <laughs> like knocked a, like a, over a bunch of people. <laughs> like a Charlie Chaplin guy. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it made the same noise that like uh, pins do when they're hit when you're bowling. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So. Uh, Al-Kindi is from somewhere in the Middle East. I'll follow up with that later. Um, right, he was part of the translation movement. So um, when, when Islam ex- exploded out of Arabia, uh, they took over, first of all, nor- like northern Egypt uh, had the city of Alexandria, which had one, one yeah, of the... Yeah, where is from. Oh, yeah, Alexandria, Virginia, yeah. So Alexandria, Virginia, famously located in Egypt. <laughs> famously located. <laughs> in Egypt, yeah. Um you know they had like the academy uh, or the sorry the library of alexandria very very important ancient library where basically the entire like the roman world the greek world they like anyone who was anybody who was like you know aristotle thucydides aristophanes sophocles cicero anybody who wrote anything uh, around that time had copies made of their works housed in the library of alexandria so socrates philosophies and Hypocrisies, hypocrisies, yeah. (laughs) Um, And define how we're dropping these mockeries. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lyrically perform on robbery. (laughs) What is that? It's Wu Tang Clan. It's Capadonna. No, it's not Capadonna. Now I'm a fucking idiot. It's a goddamn Inspector Deck. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, he's another Muslim, Muslim philosopher. Another Muslim, yeah. 
Well, is he Muslim or is he? Uh, I actually don't know. I think I think he might be like a five percent or a lot. A lot of dudes in Wu Tang are okay. Yeah. All right. So when the Muslims came out of Arabia, they took over places like Alexandria, Egypt. Um, they uh, got parts of the Byzantine Empire. They they conquered pretty much all of Persia. And Persia has its own intellectual history. So what they started doing was they like wherever they conquered, they like first of all, the way they conquered were they'd come to like a new area. And the people who were living there, they're like, you got three options. What's up, guys? One, uh, you can live your life as you've been living it, um, but you have to pay what's called the jizya tax. Um, and that's like if you're not Muslim, you have to pay pay this extra tax. Dang. Okay. How much was it? I don't remember. It was. It wasn't something like totally exorbitant. It's like I don't know, some t- like ten percent of your earnings or whatever. Dang, dude, I'd be annoyed. <laughs> so okay, you don't have to pay the tax. But I wonder. You don't have to pay the tax. Enough. Here's the thing. So yeah. So this is why. This is why. Also, there's so many converts. They got so many converts like right away. They also said, or you don't have to pay the tax if you just convert. Just convert. Yeah. Uh, be say you're Muslim. <laughs> And, you know, believe in Allah, believe in Muhammad as the last prophet, and you don't have to pay this tax, okay? And then to everyone, the third option, you know, these guys are like, well, we don't want to pay the tax, but we also don't want to be Muslim. So what's the third option? The daily double. (laughs) The daily double. We fucking kill you. Yeah. We'll we'll fucking kill you. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Like, you have to, we'll, we'll let you live, but you still have to pay this tax. Or you don't have to pay the tax at all if you just become Muslim. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it was... I guess like militarily they like got a lot of converts that way, but they did offer them a choice and most people just opted in. Like when they got there, they're just like, yeah, I mean, it's close enough. I guess I would. Yeah. yeah. yeah why wouldn't it? It's the same. Also, it's the same God. Most of these people were Christian, right? Uh, like in Egypt before the Muslims got there and they're like, eh, you guys kind of have Jesus too. Well, whatever. We'll, we'll join. Yeah. It's better than paying 10%. <laughs> You I'll know, tell you protection, that protection money. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's most of what happened. Um, Persia, the the Byzantine emperor empire and the Persian empire, like officially, they did send troops to fight the Arabs. But when they like lead, laid siege to like towns that had a bunch of civilians, when offered those choices, the civilians mostly were like, "Yeah, we'll just be Muslim. This is fine. Yeah. Can we? Can I get? Can I go to work now? I have to go to work." They'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead." But, like, you know, the government officials would be like, no, we're a Christian state. Or Persia at the time was like, no, we're a Zoroastrian state. You know, we, <laughs> you can't just come in here and bring this new religion. And they were like, all right, well, well we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> Our God told us to. Sorry, there's nothing we can we're do. We're supposed to. We're supposed to. <laughs> we're convinced we have to do this. Yeah, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but so, right. Sorry, the translation movement. So wherever the Arabs went... They gathered any sort of like scrolls and like written documents about anything, any topic, philosophy, mathematics, science, uh, history, drama, poetry, whatever it is. They would grab everything. They'd make a copy of it first. So they'd leave the originals where they found them. They'd send the copies back to like, you know, wherever the capital is at the time with the Rashidun Caliphate, uh, which is like the first like Islamic government, like right after Muhammad um, uh, died. Uh, I think I think the the capital was in Medina or maybe Mecca at the time. Then there was like the Umayyad Caliphate, which I think the capital was Damascus, and then it was like Baghdad or something. But these cities in the Middle East, they would send them back to whatever the capital was, and they'd have all of these scholars 
people from who used to be per or you know are still Persian ethnically, but used to be like Zoroastrians who converted to Islam. They're now like helping translate these Persian works, these Turkish works, these Greek works, you know, Latin, any language you can think of. Why do you think they were so interested in knowledge and like scholarship and stuff? So at this point, actually, it's really interesting. They they had been sort of the the Arabs kind of had like this chip on their shoulder because they they knew that like you know before Islam pre-islamic arabia was like this sort of like wild west anarchical like tribe versus tribe sort of society that was very much looked down upon by the more settled empires of persia and and the byzantines and they knew that they knew that they looked looked down on them so now that they have this new message and they're basically they're like puffing their chests out and they're like we can we can roll with the big boys and be a civilized society as well hmm. And to do that, they were like, well, we do need to like learn from these people, these set already settled people, because now we've conquered them, <laughs> and we need to know how to govern them now. <laughs> like, you know, almost like a eyes, to, eyes bigger than your stomach sort of situation. Hmm. Like, they took over all these places, and they're like, well, shit, now we what have we to do? govern. Yeah. You know? Um, so they're like, well, I guess we better learn what they, lo- what they know already. It's kind of like Daenerys. In what way? I mean, he's like conquers and stuff. Yes. I've read a lot of the Game of Thrones lately, so pretty much everything you've been saying so far in my head, I've been like, okay, well, that's kind of like Dorn. <laughs> or I'm like, okay, yeah. well, that kind of reminds me of like this. <coughs> yeah. Okay. So the translation movement was basically that. All of these scholars, everywhere they went, they got these works, and then they sent them back to whatever the capital was at the time, Mecca, Medina, Damascus, Baghdad, whatever. Um, and they'd have these scholars there uh, who would... Uh, just translate everything. That's like, that was like the first step. We just like let's translate everything into Arabic. Okay. okay, so we can read it and we can figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, this guy Al Kindi, who's like involved with this movement, um, he basically like you know. Oh, also this was all publicly funded. Obviously, like the the caliphate. The caliph is like the the head of the religion and the government. He was like, you know, here's all this money. We're gonna hire all the smartest people we know. Put them in one place, and they're gonna translate everything. Um. This guy Al-Kindi was involved with this movement and he was like very much uh, part of this thing called the peripatetic movement, which is basically like a very early, like incipient form of like Aristotelian philosophy blended with Islamic theology. They were basically trying to apply Aristotle's philosophy to back up what's already understood as Islamic theology. Okay. So like that includes things like trying to prove the existence of God trying to understand like you know what is the world made out of like what is you know is you know this world material or is it all or is it like ideal ideas uh or forms like ideal forms like in platonism or is it like you know some sort of like i don't know cosmic substance that imbues existence and everything there's like a lot of different theories yes yes (laughs) the answer is yes yeah i think so um so that's what they start doing um and uh Let's see. Uh, that's the basically Al Kindi. He kind of like gets the ball rolling. He's like the first Islamic philosopher. Um, then there's this guy named Al Farabi. Uh, he was born in 870 and he dies in 950. Uh, and he um, just kind of introduces more like Aristotelian logic, um, like uh, you know subjects and subjects and predicates and like how they interact with each other uh the different like causes of things 
Uh, I don't know if you remember. You probably don't. But in Arist- no, I do. In Aristotelian metaphysics, there are these things called the four causes, yeah. which is basically like any sort of given object has like. Uh-huh. Stop. What? I know. It's like four quote unquote causes, which is like. Causes. Yeah. <laughs> is that your trick? Just to use the last word that I said, like in, in agreement? In agreement. Do yeah. In you agreement. have any idea how many times I've done that <laughs> and it in works. my life and it works? <laughs> and it, it does. always does. Yeah. Oh, it always does. It always does. See? <laughs> I immediately would be like, see, this guy knows what I'm talking about. No, he's just saying the exact same thing I just did. So I think he's smart. Yeah. You said the exact same thing. That I just oh, said, you yeah. said the same thing that I did. You must be smart, like me. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Man, people are so, like, when you get down to it, like, anybody can be, like, intellectual and intelligent, you know, if they, if they just sit down and try to do it. But, like, the thing is, is that... All of our default settings are just like run by very, me, 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 very me, 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 me conventional psychology. Yeah, people are pretty. Like, oh, sim- I like this guy because he either looks like me or he thinks like me. Yeah, people. So he must be right. People are pretty I'm right. simple when you come down to it. <laughs> yeah, can, people are pretty easily. You just got to edify, stroke that ego. It's so anytime easy. somebody is like it's so easy. Anytime somebody's like this person is so like mysterious and hard to understand. It's like they're probably not. There's <laughs> yeah, like five types not. of people. You know what he's thinking? You got about? a twenty percent chance of guessing. Let's. Uh, there's this thing. Oh, um, I. I was watching um, uh, the interview, the new like interview with the vampire TV show. Have you seen like ads for that? There's like, <laughs> um, I don't think no, I don't think so. There's yeah, they made like there's the movie right with like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, of like, course, made in the nineties, of course, man. Now they oh um, no fucking point of it. The guy who play <laughs> the guy who plays like the young brand new vampire in the series, yeah, is the same guy who plays um. It, from Game of Thrones, the guy who is like the leader of the of the, like the slave army, something worm, Grey Worm, Grey Worm. Grey, oh, that guy. Grey yeah. Worm plays the um like the young new vampire. Oh, so he's like a young hunk. He's a young hunk. Yeah, it's, and it takes places like in like nineteen ten tens New Orleans. It doesn't matter. There's a scene in that in the, sexiest the show. Sexiest time to be. I I will say if you're gonna be a fucking vampire, nineteen ten. Uh, like New, New Orleans. Orleans, yeah, that's the place to go. So much like whoring, that's place to go. Fucking and like alcohol, drugs. Like you tell, tell me, they didn't fucking smoke opium. Why in New Orleans in the nineteen ten? Why weren't we living in New Orleans in nineteen ten? We would be having the time. Of, I mean, I'd be time. dead for sure, but we'd be. Having, we'd, bo- we'd both be dead by now. I don't yeah. think we would have. We we would not make it to our 40s no 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 like we're not 40 yet but like i'm, I mean, I'm pretty we, I mean, sure i'm gonna get there ah jury's out <laughs> for you <laughs> i think for both of us you, th- oh, you think i'm gonna die before 40 <laughs> i think you could i mean sh- yeah sure just like i'd say there's day. probably about an 85 percent chance that i'm gonna die before 40 dude <laughs> i'm not i'm not even that insulted i just think you're like wrong <laughs> I think I have. I just genuinely think I have better odds than Oof, that. I don't know, man. <laughs> I've seen how you. What eat. do you think's gonna do it? I. I mean, there's so many different. Things. It could be anything. It could be. Any, I mean, it could be even something. I just. I God, just, knowing me, I could. I might. I, I, I'm ashamed to say that I. I. I can get taken. I, I can get carried away with road rage if I let it. Yeah. And. If I were to die in a in a like a violent unexpected way. Um, I bet it would probably it might be from a like a like a road rage incident where I just 
flip, flipped off the wrong guy. Look, you got two years. <laughs> so make the most two and a half. I got two and a half. There's really only a 15% chance that you're going to make it. <laughs> I think I still think and, I have And a once better, you hit 40, I like, think I have uh, at least 50 50. Okay, but how many years? Let's be honest, Benny. How many years past 40 do you really think you, you got? <laughs> I think I have a quite a bit. Benny, how many sunsets do you have left in you? I think I have quite a bit, just gen, gen, blah, blah, genetically speaking, because everyone on my mom's side, they might as well be vampires. They yeah, live into their like, late grandpa. 90s. My grandpa's like 90, 93, going on 94. Yeah. Still drives. Still never learned English, too. <laughs> Still never learned never English. At, just never did. Doesn't give a fuck. Just, I just, why would he now? <laughs> I guess why would he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I just, he's dead. I mean, how many decades did he live in America? He's never Since learned the English. 70s. 50 That's years. So 50 years he lived that here. Rules. <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Why would he? Okay. Seemed to work out for him. Let me let me get into this. We were talking about real quick, just a recap on Aristotelian logic. Uh, the four the four causes are basically like, like the four things. So they're called causes, but don't think of that like cause and effect exactly. Okay. Uh, what Aristotle means by the four causes are basically like the four. Oh, I like, fucking hate thing, shit like that. The four things that like define a given object. Okay, there's like so um, change the word. I know. I, I just relax. All right. So there's like there's there's um I don't remember what they what each one is called. Oh, there's the final cause, which is basically like what something is made for. So you like have a hammer. Um, it's like final cause is like uh is basically the hammer nails. That's what the thing is made up. And with a really for. cool keyboard intro. What? What does that have to do with the, the hammer? Final oh, the final, the final cause. Okay. Remember? Yes. That's what they should <laughs> yeah, call it, the final countdown. Okay. It would already have its own theme song. It would be the there's, first philosophy concept to have its own theme song. All right. So there's the formal, there's the formal <laughs> cause, which is like the shape, basically, of the... Of the uh, the shape or the way it's configured. So it's like you have like the metal uh, like head of a hammer and then you have like the shaft handle that you hold it from. Okay. Okay. That's like the form. It's like it's design basically. Right. Um, you have the material cause, which is like what it's literally made out of. So like wood and metal. And then there's the, um, I can never remember what this is actually called, but this is the one cause that is like the cause and effect thing. It's like where it came from. Right. Like the, it's, it's um like initial cause. Let's call it is like, you know, the guy who makes hammers that's where that hammer came from okay like and you can also say that like and ultimately it came from a a tree and b some like well technically we all iron, came from africa iron ore yeah and we all came from africa so africa would be our in our Did initial I just blow cause your mind no i knew that because the thing about us ben is that actually yeah early man came the earliest man came from africa i know so i know that i mean does that just fucking blow your bigoted mind no no i knew that i knew that already no because ben is always like oh i think humanity came from f fucking england why would i think that that's the dumbest know. place for anyone to come from too remember when an island remember when willie b's dad was convinced that uh that tr the Trojans were were actually like it was code for for ancient like the, Britain. the Britons yeah. yeah like yeah the ancient Britons <laughs> that it was all it all took place in England. That guy was something else. <laughs> he really is. He is. <laughs> I remember just like, he was, you know, he was like an insane person. <laughs> Obviously a horrible husband and father. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, but man, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it was yep. fun hanging out with him. It was really fun Like that time we got drunk and he let us handle his guns. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oof.
<laughs> but I digress. Um, so Al-Farabi, again, he's another Islamic philosopher who adopted Aristotelian logic and these like, you know, the, the four, the four causes and applied it to, uh, like Islamic thinking and applied it to like, you know, what is God made out of? What is the universe made out of? Um, you know, uh, what's the difference between our souls and our bodies? You know, are they made of different materials, different substances? This is like kind of, I wouldn't say not primitive, but like, you know, definitely taking their cue from ancient Greek philosophy. All right. Uh, now we start getting into like some even really big heavy hitters. Um, the first one is probably one of the most famous Islamic philosophers of all time. Uh, he's somebody who we already did an episode about him with our good friend Mitch McColsha. He was uh, the guest for that episode, and you, and we got into a screaming, screaming fight, match, a screaming like a, yeah, a screaming fight over diegetic versus non diegetic music. Well, at film. least it was over something worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> and this Mitch is just sitting there watching it. All, well, all I remember is Mitch. Is Mitch is a while you were bet. while you were screaming. He was like trying to calm you down by offering you his jewel, his like jewel pen. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, here, just take a just take a toke off of this and calm down. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't. You were on your feet. <laughs> well, I was annoyed. <laughs> I don't even remember who was arguing what side. I abs- Oh, I. It doesn't matter. Okay, so. I remember, all, I remember all of it. Anyway, that episode, if you want to revisit it, I think it's uh, episode 102, um, is uh, about our good friend uh, Ibn Sina, uh, f- grandfather of John Cena. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and his Latin name, or his Latinized name, is Avicenna. That's like what Europeans called him. All right. This guy is a very heavy hitter, not only in the Islamic world, but he was actually one of the biggest influences on... Um, uh, our good friend Thomas Aquinas uh, in Europe. <laughs> um, so this guy also was a big fan of um, Ar- Aris- hey, real quick. Yeah, what? So I was reading this thing about about Saint Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, I heard a pretty interesting story. Uh huh. I guess he was like a really gullible guy. Okay. And so he was like hanging out, and like I guess like. The other brothers were were there, and they were like, "Hey, I bet we can fucking tr- you know tr- trick Saint Tom- you know Saint Thomas." Well, they, they probably didn't call him Saint Thomas. Saint Tommy. They probably didn't call him Saint Thomas back then. But, yeah. Uh, while he was still alive, but they're like, "We can bet definitely trick this guy." I bet. Uh-huh. And so they said something like, "Like pigs are flying" or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And like ran over and like, looked out the window, and he was just like, "Ah!" Just like annoyed because they like tricked him. <laughs> oh really? And so they and so they just like laughed at him and stuff. And then his comeback was like essentially like. Well, you know, sorry, but I would rather believe that pigs can fly than believe that my brothers would trick me. <laughs> and they were all like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like the it's like the most epic comeback." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, but how are you so easily tricked? Like, 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 yeah, that was you trying to save face. You were tricked, St. Thomas. Yeah, well, that was a good comeback, though. Well, after all, he's St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, shaming people. Man, what a Catholic comeback, too. Very Catholic, you know, it's just guilting them. You should feel bad. You for should being feel alive. bad about yourself. <laughs> oh, are you enjoying yourself right now? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Here's why: it's bad because you sinned. <laughs> I'm gonna be a saint. My name's Saint Thomas. Yeah. So Avicenna or Ibn Sina was born uh, in nine. I think he's from Persia. Uh, born in 980. Uh, well, no, I'll check later. I uh, was born in 980 and died in 1037. Um, so again, still, this is like. Like century after century after century, heavy hitter, heavy hitter, heavy hitter. This guy also was a big fan of Aristotelian metaphysics, um, but he also kind of combined that with um, 
with uh, uh, a form of um, Neoplatonism, which is something that I think deserves its own uh, episode eventually. This is like uh, in like around the 400s. Is AD. it like so? It's like New Platonism. Like Basically, new, like neo new plat- me- like new metal. That's what it's. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's actually new Platonism. It's N yeah, U with the umlaut. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> neo Platonism. So, so, some <laughs> some historians of philosophy actually don't really like the term neo Platonism because it's Why? not like because it's not a, like a refurbishing or a reinterpretation of Platonism. It's supposed to mean more um, that uh, it's it's a better revival. to describe it as late Platonism. It's basically it's still platonic philosophy but oh, revived but revived like way later like 800 years later um because like plato was writing in 400 bc neoplatonism or late platonism kind of like you know saw a big surge in 480 so yeah 800 years um but anyway the main idea just real quick about neoplatonism is because uh, this ain't your father's platonism there's like the, there's this is where a lot of a lot of like where a lot of like Gnostic um, religions and and like Hell cults yeah. take their take their cue from. This is where a lot of like Kabbalah comes from. This is where a lot of Sufism comes from. This is where like now this is like the good shit. This is the good shit. So Neoplatonism. This is like the good shit that um, it's basically this idea of like uh, there is like this primordial like eternal uh, you know existence or divinity, whatever you want to call it, like first principle um, that exists sort of beyond our scope beyond our understanding um you know well beyond the limits of like your corporal bodies space itself time itself it's like the first thing it's the necessary being that like is like the bedrock of just existence in general if you wonder why there's something other than nothing which i do it's because and obviously i think i I think it's a (laughs) impossible to avoid that conclusion there is obviously something and not nothing um yeah the reason for that is because of this thing, this idea, this first principle, um, which is in very simply in Greek is is called tohen, which just means the some one, kind of the wonderful. one, <laughs> kind of close, some kind of wonderful. <laughs> but it's spelled O N E, so it looks like uh, some kind of onederful. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would it do that? So, um, so Avicenna kind of combined aristotelian logic and metaphysics with uh this like very simple neoplatonism and uh mix that up with um you know this traditional orthodox uh islamic theology and belief it's like rap rock and sure it's rage fine. against the machine yes this guy's like the zach de la rocha of the islamic okay. philosophical movement all right um obviously it's, it's very easy to identify this first principle with guess who allah Right, the the same primordial first principle number in Islam, one. the thing, yeah, the number one, number one stunner, <laughs> Allah. <laughs> um, he also kind of delved into the idea of like this uh, dichotomy or this um, uh, distinction between existence and essence. Like, so there's existence, which is like you know being itself, the thing that like sustains the whole universe and beyond, um, that grants it its like its existenceness <laughs> it's the fact that it's here and around and then there's essence which is what provides the whatness of certain things and certain ideas and certain objects so like you know the a whatness? chair whatness like like you know quote unquote whatness it's like what 
<laughs> what? Um, like you know, what makes a chair a chair? Like you know, it's it's this. Oh, uh, this. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's this. It's the so there exists in like this ethereal realm this idea of like chairness, right? That's the essence of the chair. All chairs are chairs, chairs by virtue of sharing in this like metaphysical, uh, ethereal idea of chairness. So for philosophers, th- <laughs> this is why no one likes you. It's because you guys say stuff like the chairiness and a chair is a chair and all this shit. You guys have to, you got to come up with better things. Well, that so there, sucks. That's the thing. Like, there's some philosophers who, who, uh, are, you know, directly negate this this idea, and like, Aristotle was one of this. So that's like a that's a very Platonic idea of this idea of like these eternal forms that imbue the essence of a thing into that physical thing. So like there is a, like this idea of microphoneness that like imbues the essence of the microphone to this microphone. So it's it's essentially like, the, the that goes for everything. It's the what's all this then principle. What's all this then? Of reality. Of reality, yes. Um, And then there's also... Is this the inherent chariness of a chair, then? (laughs) Yes. Um, There's also this... Because we got a lot to cover. (laughs) It's got to be a two-parter. This is going to be a a two-parter. Yeah, sure. Well, let me finish up with, I guess... Let me just do... Finish with Avicenna. And then we're going to do one more guy. and then And then we can call it a night and we'll follow up with part two. We'll cool off and then we'll... Yeah. Um, cause the latter part is, gets even nuttier. Um, <laughs> so Avicenna also, uh, dealt with this idea of, uh, or the dichotomy between, ne- uh, necessity and contingency. Um, this is something that becomes a big, big theme in, uh, European scholastic philosophy. So another thing to realize too, is that scholastic philosophy, all the people who were involved in that movement. So like Peter Abelard, <coughs> Albertus Magnus, St. Thomas Aquinas, William of Ockham, John Duns Scotus. Uh, I think we've done episodes on most, if not all of those. Uh, You know, there are these, first of all, they're all monks, all Christian Catholic monks who just are essentially doing the same thing that these Muslim philosophers were doing for Islam, but they were doing this for for Catholicism. And they were taking their cue from these Muslim philosophers. Hmm. So like, like I said, Thomas Aquinas, for example, got most of his shit from Avicenna, from this guy, Ibn Sina. So like, what's funny is like when we went to the Heights and we went to like, and you know, uh, school for boys, school for boys, where you were, you know, (laughs) yeah, when I was, I was thrown, I was, I was threatened with expulsion. No, not threatened. I was expelled. You were expelled for about 10 minutes. I was expelled for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was also had a bunch of books thrown at me and (laughs) directly at you, not like in your general direction. Well, so specifically not intentionally designed I mean, to hit you. I was never no one no one threw a book at me. It's not your fault. <laughs> ben. No, no. I'm saying no one no one intentionally threw a book at me. I was hit by a book accidentally because because the teacher was aiming for someone else. A different student. Okay. A different student. Well, yeah. I take it all That back, was his ben. friendly fire. Never mind then. Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. He would just sling them at us. Why would he? he would like he would like try to aim it so like the spine would hit you. <laughs> That's the worst part of the book no. to get hit by. <laughs> and just in general. Luckily, I think he I think he only threw paperbacks. I think one time he was really mad and he threw a hardback book. Oof. 
Yikes. So Catholic school. Um <laughs> And also this was this wasn't like the sixties. Right. No, this was this was the late nineties. Yeah, this is nineteen ninety eight when this shit was <laughs> ninety nine. Yeah. This isn't totally. like when like my parents were growing up and like the, <laughs> right. the you know the, the nuns are like, you know, wrapping your knuckles and stuff. Yeah, they're fucking experts on pain, dude. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to fuck with any of those nuns from the sixties. Yeah. They would wreck your same, shit. Same school. They'd make you feel bad first and then they would just wreck your knuckles. Yeah, and then they would physically abuse you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, all that shit was inspired by this Muslim guy, Interesting. <laughs> Avicenna. A um, couple, couple last things on Avicenna. This guy, this guy did first of all like everything. So not only was he a philosopher, he was also a mathematician. He was also a doctor. Um, he, he was like came up with some like you know revolutionary theories and optics and like all this shit. Um, a real so Renaissance man. A Renaissance man, man before the Renaissance. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, right, there's this dichotomy between uh, necessary and contingent, the concepts of necessary and contingent. Necessary is like a category for things that must be. It's impossible for them to, it's impossible for them to not be. Uh, and then there's contingency or things that are contingent, which is basically they, their existence is, uh, uh, is due to or caused by the prior existence of something else. And that's like, imp- that implies a chain of, causal connection all the way to like the big kahuna the you know the necessary existent of all necessary existences god or allah um and then uh last couple things um this guy avicenna came up with two arguments for the existence of god um they're called uh uh like they're called kalam which is like basically like philosophical theology kalam is like the the theory the the tradition of theological philosophy in Islam, it's basically like where philosophers are trying to use philosophical techniques and intellectual, purely intellectual techniques to try to prove the existence of God on a logical or intellectual level, as opposed to like a, you know, mystical direct experience sort of thing. Um, so he came up with the first ontological uh, argument for the existence of God, and this basically comes from this idea of necessity going all the way back to we clearly see that like you know something exists and something can't come from nothing so some so if something exists it has to come from what's ultimately the most primordial necessary being the being that always was the being that always will be the being that underlies all uh you know um subsidiary existences or essences and you know since this necessary being has to exist uh, you know, one of the primary conditions for something to be a necessary being is that it has to exist and therefore does exist because, you know, it can't have a quality. It's, it's, it's weird. A necessary being cannot have among its attributes the attribute of non-existence. It has to exist by its own, like, self-evident brute force, you know, concept or logicality or whatever you want to call it sure this thing has to exist something has to if something exists because it has to. it has to it can't come from nothing it has to come from something else and ultimately this has to this this and there has to be some sort of necessary always has been there entity that yeah i think the about that um, sometimes when i see like rivers yeah and like trees and shit especially trees like growing in the middle of like a river just a single tree i look at that and i'm just like 
there has to be a God. Yeah. Like, there has to be something. Some, yeah, I don't something. know why. There's just small it, it, things like that that make me go, holy shit. It doesn't have to be the, it doesn't have to be the idea of, like, a personal, like, you know, God who's involved in everything, you know, uh, who has a personality the way he's depicted in the Bible. It could just be this, like, beyond comprehension force or primordial entity that just, this thing has, this thingness or whatever, in the most abstract sense you can muster, has to exist and in order for anything that we observe and encounter in our everyday lives for those things to exist. Okay. Okay. This is so abstract that you can only, it's almost impossible to find words to, to describe. No, it, you know? this makes perfect sense. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck um, you, dude. The, another, another way to interpret that. Fuck you to hell. Fuck you. <laughs> another way to interpret this is, um, uh, oh, who was it? Damn it! I'm not gonna remember this. It's not Abelard. Uh, I'll 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 figure it out later. Um, but uh, there's a um, uh, a European philosopher uh who kind of came up with uh, or reworded this this ontological argument. Um, Anselm, Saint Anselm, that's who it was. Uh, More like Saint Handsome. Saint Handsome. You said that the last time I talked about him. Every single time I bring up Saint Handsome, you say the exact same thing. You say more. You say word for word, verbatim the same exact thing. Because I'm having like wicked deja vu right now. Because the last time I brought him up, you said you said more like Saint Handsome. And you and you and you know what? I'm gonna say it again. Like like months if not a year from now if he's oh, brought up no. and you're gonna say it again then too that's really really embarrassing <laughs> more like saint handsome so saint handsome i stand by it though saint handsome basically came up with uh he like like jacked avicenna's argument yeah blue steel every, yeah everyone fucking saint handsome yeah saint handsome everyone fucking keeps stealing from avicenna yeah um saint handsome came up with uh his version of the ontological argument which is basically like you you know uh, let's take God hypothetically. You know, we're not, we haven't proved that he's existed yet. But the way we define the concept of God, it's he's a being uh, uh, greater than which there can be no other being. The, he's like the top being. There's no other type of being or form of being that could exist that would be bigger than God, or that entity would be God instead of the first thing we were considering. Does that make sense? Yes. Well, God has to be the biggest thing. God has to be it's the most be necessary God. thing. It's got to be God. It was always God. It was it's always, always God. been God. So that's that's the ontological argument according to Ansem. And it basically has to do with necessity, this idea of necessity versus contingency. There has to be some sort of necessary being in order for there to be any other kind of being. Um, and given that almost all the types of being that we encounter in the world, chairs, bodies, stars, uh, you know, computers, fucking apples, refrigerators, wood, you know, wood, wood whatever, even wood, even wood. Um, Whoa. Uh, all these things, you know, in the world that we encounter, they all come from somewhere. And then the things that they came from, those things had to have come from somewhere and it has to end up at some thing. I'm like driving this, I'm, I'm, I'm beating this like concept to death, but I'm trying to like really get across this idea of like, necessary being has to exist for anything else to exist that's where the ontological argument comes from the cosmological argument is um very very similar but it has more to do directly with cause and effect 
Um, again, something, you know, you take anything, it has to have some sort of cause, uh, something that brought it about. That cause is the effect of a prior cause. That cause is an effect of an even more prior cause and so on and so on and so forth up until you get to the, the first mover or the prime mover is what Aristotle called it. This is the thing that started the whole domino effect the of existence. Kahuna. The big Again, God. Okay. So there's that. And then uh, I'll... Um, oh, last thing with Avicenna is also he came up with this really weird <laughs> uh, thought experiment called the floating man. <laughs> and, it's, and it's his argument or his David thought Blaine. experiment... Kind of, to, to prove the existence of the soul outside of the body. And it's basically like you take a man who's, who's falling through a void or floating in a void, right? All he has is, is there's nothing around him. All he, ha- all he can see or, or perceive is his own body, right? Um, so imagine he closes his eyes. He, like, you know, cups his ears, you know, uh, tries to dwell within himself and, uh, uh, you know, pull away all of the layers of perceptive and, and sensory ex- experience and just kind of like focus on the kernel of his, of his self uh, in this void, you know, without any sort of sensory stimulation, he still has this idea of his own selfhood, of, of his own existence, um, even though there's no sort of physical or sensory input coming from anywhere. Um, the idea that he's still thinking about himself, this is very similar to... Uh, Descartes' uh, cogito ergo sum. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think, therefore, I am. So even even fucking Avicenna came up with this before Descartes did. Yeah. This idea of like, obviously, there has to be some uh, like kernel of awareness to ourselves that exists beyond or separate or you know um, uh, not contingent upon our bodies. So like, you get a, get rid of you know our perception of our own bodies. You still have this like inner spark or whatever and he says that's the soul that's his that's taken as his proof of the soul there's plenty of holes to poke through in that um but it was one of the first arguments kind of brought up um to to prove like the existence of a soul or like some sort of uh um transcendent sense of self and you agree with this i mean in a way i i I think i mean like i think there's more nuance to it it's not that simple um <clears throat> but ultimately there is like we are our 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 own selfness or our own sense of ourselves is housed sort of i mean it happens to be housed in this body but it seems to be just past the scar subject our subjective experience our phenomenological experience seems to be just out of just almost just out of reach of like our of all of our like physical explanations of you know our body, our sensory inputs, our perceptions, our memories, imaginations, whatever. There's like still seems to be this like bit of like emergent awareness that sits just right atop the physical realm, or at least it's not fully explained by physical processes or natural science. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, like that's sort of where I'm leaning. Um, but there's there's debates to be had on either side, um, so there's that. That's the floating man um, uh, thought experiment from Avicenna or Ibn Sina. You said it wrong. What the floating man? <laughs> okay, sorry. The floating man. There you go. That's how I supposed to say it. Okay. So uh, last 
and we have a lot more to cover, so this is going to be the That's end gonna of part, part one. That's going to be part two, baby. That's going to be part two. So I'm going to end it with this guy, Al Ghazali. And this guy is interesting. <laughs> what? Al Ghazali. Al Ghazali? Al Ghazali. Hi, my uh, name is Al Ghazali. Hi, my name is Al Ghazali. <laughs> How the hell are you? How the hell are you? Al-Ghazali and Sons. So this guy is interesting because he sort of arises as um, uh, a foil to to almost all of these philosophers that I was talking about beforehand. Uh Um, He is not a huge fan of Aristotelianism. Is this guy Muslim? Yeah, he's Muslim. These guys are all Muslim. I know the other guys were. Well, this guy is also Muslim. Hey, congrats. Um, But he he is... um, he is coming from a different approach. His philosophical style is more is very much more critical of this intellectual, uh, you know, kind of academic, dry, analytical tradition of philosophy uh, in the Islamic world at the time, which is called uh, falsafa. Um, which you know, it's not hard to see that it's kind of like an Arabization of the word philosophy, falsafa, philosophy, um, and that's like yeah, this tradition of like analyzing. Uh, and intellectually exploring or speculating about you know different categories, different concepts, ideas, how they relate to the dogmatic th- theology of Islam. Um, this guy Al Ghazali was a critic of it. He says that it's uh, it's leading leading them away from the uh, the true like essence of the teachings of Islam, uh, or at least the, the you know the religious aspect of it. So in 1095, he has basically kind of like a spiritual slash mental breakdown, <laughs> like a nervous breakdown, and he uh, decides to abandon everything. He gives he was kind of like a well-to-do, like he he was accepting all these teaching positions and like had like all these gigs as a private tutor for you know wealthy families and and you know uh, kings and sultans and people who were in charge uh, in the Middle Eastern world. Uh, so he's like making a lot of money. And he, in 1095, he had this like spiritual crisis. He gave away all of his money and he went on Hajj. That's one of the uh, mandatory things that you have to do in Islam. Or if you're Muslim, you have to, you know, make a pilgrimage to Mecca. Mecca. You got to go to Mecca at least once in your life. And go to that like cube. The cube, the Kaaba. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That cube is something else, man. That thing has been there for forever. And in like the story of like, you know, Islam, that thing, that thing already existed. That thing is like dates back to before Islam. That was this building that like, so no one knows exactly who built them in the Muslim tradition. It's attributed to Abraham and Ishmael uh, in the original like biblical story and then uh, in the Arab tradition as well or the Muslim tradition. Uh, remember, Abraham, uh, he was married to Sarah, but Sarah was barren and couldn't give, couldn't give him children. So he had to sleep with his like, hand servant or his handmaiden, yeah. Hagar. Uh, and they had... Yeah, uh, their son, Sammy. Sammy, Sammy Hagar, yeah. No, uh, Ishmael. Um, that's where we get the name Ishmael. Ishmael was, is, is Abraham's first son by Hagar, and he is traditionally understood to be the uh, first ancestor to the Arab people. Yes. So Ishmael is like the father of all Arabs. Abraham and you know Isaac and Jacob and then the 12 tribes of Israel, they're like the ancestors of the Jews, right? But, you know, uh, legend has it or whatever um, that... This guy Abraham had these two lineages, one Arab, one Jewish. Um, And, you know, traditionally people say that, like, the the Kaaba, that cube in Mecca, was built by Abraham. 
Um, but you're thinking that it's it's pre that it's even older. It, it might be even older. I mean, like if you're Muslim, you, you're, it's sort of like part of the belief, you know. But that's sort of allegorical. Sure. You know, like God didn't create the world in six days. He, he. I mean, you know, he invented the Big Bang and then he let the Big Bang do the work. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? It's traditionally seen as being yeah. yeah. It's it's like the older thing anyway. Yeah. Um, so that thing has been around, and Muhammad basically just said, nah, no, it was built by Abraham. It used to house these like pagan gods. Uh, and Not anymore, Jack. There, yeah, there's one, t- one part, one story is the like... new guy in town. M- Muhammad literally was like, there's a new god in town, and he went into the Kaaba, and he like started destroying all the idols that people had placed there, which mm. pissed everyone off. Yeah. He, almost, he was almost like murdered because of it. Um, Dang, dude. And he's like, yeah, we're not worshiping these idols anymore because we got, we, we got a guy already. Um, okay, so, you know, he goes on Hajj, this guy, Al Ghazali, he goes on on Hajj, oh my God. Uh, and then he kind of starts traveling everywhere, he just travels all over the Middle East, um, he's writing, he's, uh, he's, he's mostly writing and, like, meditating, he joins a Sufi order, and then he does a, he, 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 uh, contributes a big part of, like, um, systematizing, like, Sufism as a as a tradition, like as a as like a, a master student relationship, and then you have different schools of Sufism or different lodges, sort of the same way that um, uh, same way that there are like uh, what's it called monastic orders in the Christian world. The, the Sufis the Sufis had something similar, <laughs> oh, yeah. but they call them lodges, uh, and. So yeah, so he was sort of anti this dry, this cut and dry like analytical Aristotelianism. Uh, he was more, he was more uh, like amenable to uh, like an intuitionist, direct experience, mystical, uh, uh, mystical like pursuit of knowledge, where like you know yeah. you're sort of faced with like this ethereal, um, like grander than philo- than philosophical but like religious mystical like theological you know profound you know understanding like third eye opening type shit uh Whoa. like a direct experience of like god's you know uh all encompassing love and coolness. energy and coolness yeah um those people don't talk about enough and how cool god is cool god's pretty cool i mean like he does a lot of cool shit <laughs> he does really cool shit <laughs> Jesus is way it's cool. Just, it's just some. It's just weird. It's like you know, like I. I think it's possible. It's entirely possible to believe in God and like everything that science teaches together. I don't think that they. I personally don't think that they contradict. I think they they they're not mutually exclusive. I think you can include both. But I like the idea that like if if that's true, God exists, but he like basically just wrote the rules of the physical universe and like just let them let them let go. It play out. Let it play out. Um, so he's still the creator, but also, you know, we can explain things according to these, like, you know, universal laws. We're, we're a Rube Goldberg device that creates itself sort as of. it goes on. Yeah, but God made but someone the... someone had to start it. Someone had to start it. Someone had that to, That like, wacky old thing. Yeah. But... One of the necessary things. But it's funny Rube that, Goldberg like... Goldberg device? But it's funny that, like, God, this, like, transcendent being where, like, concepts like measure and space, time, necessity, quality, quantity these like really really fucking basic abstract concepts are like he's already beyond those but at the same time he's like 
uh, light is going to travel at this exact speed. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere in the universe, it's going 300,000 miles per second. Any or, or kilometers per second. And it's like, well, why? That seems so arbitrary. Why would God do that? That seems like... Well, that's the thing. It's like a lot, I feel like a lot of atheists would say, well, that's sort of proof that there's no God because it's such an arbitrary, random, like pinpointed constant. Yeah, that it seems like it seems it seems so arbitrary that it's basically random. But I think a theist can easily counter. Well, remember, we're talking about God. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to make light that fast, then it is. So, like, it's one of those things where, like, I don't think it can be resolved in a way. You you have to choose to go one way or the other. You can mm. choose to be an atheist and go to hell, or you can choose yeah, to believe and in God, burn forever, burn forever, or you can believe in God. <laughs> And go to heaven. And go to heaven. Yeah. If you're Catholic. If you're Catholic. <laughs> you guys know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, last thing. Um, he also, going from this, his, his, al- his already, like, distrust of of, uh, of this, like, peripatetic school and Aristotelian reasoning and, and analysis, uh, he starts dabbling with the idea of skepticism and how, like, we, you know, we really don't know for sure. Again, anticipating another philosopher, David Hume, he sort of anticipates this idea of like, if you really think about it, if you spend time really thinking about it, you can't, uh, you can't conclusively prove that a certain cause leads to a certain effect. You only believe that that cause causes that effect because you've seen the that that sequence of events of co- of that cause and that type of effect in the past. You're using induction, which necessarily is not a 100% conclusive proof because you don't know if that law is going to hold up in the future. And then Hume uses the example of like, if you really think about it, you don't really know for a fact that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. We believe it is because it has never failed to rise every single day we've been alive and every single day that any any human has been alive. The sun has always you know, risen and, and the, what's it called? Uh, morning, morning. What is it? Where does it start? It starts in the east. Earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. It's always done that in the history of humanity. But really, there is no one hundred percent like ironclad logical proof that it's going to do that tomorrow. We just expect it to because of habit. That's what I really he, hope it does. I hope it does too. <clears throat> um, the last thought I have before I go to sleep at night is: I go just one more day. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> all we need is one more day. I say that at the end of every, every, every day. Night. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually weird. It's the only, it's in, I, you know, I, no one's ever thanked me for this, but it really is the only reason that uh, we keep going. A little bit. Is there's the expectation of tomorrow. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and obviously, you know, there are people who know that they're, first of all, we all know that our deaths are inevitable, but there are some of us whose death is more inevitable <laughs> than others. You know, like there's like you know a terminal cancer patient who knows he's probably not going to see Christmas, but yeah. I expect myself to see Christmas, <laughs> unless I'm you <laughs> and I die. And, no, no, and you don't, and you believe that there's only a fifteen percent chance of me seeing yeah, Christmas. You well, I think you'll probably see this Christmas, but next Christmas, <laughs> buddy, I really don't you think know. this is going to be my last. This is going to be Ben's last Christmas, guys. So everyone uh, donate some money. 
Uh, get him a nice gift. I'd like a PlayStation 5, please. Get Dan a PlayStation 5. He's going to have uh, probably about six to seven months to enjoy it. So okay, help, help, help a fella out with his last Christmas. So this is the last thing. Um, we have... So Al-Ghazali is basically... He's already critiquing this Aristotelian tradition that has been upheld by, you know, Avicenna and even Al-Farabi and Al-Kindi. So he's starting already with this, like, sort of this theory of intuitionism and our only way to truly know God and the universe and the order of things is through direct experience of not only our sensory experience, but our, like, spiritual experience and mystical experience. Uh, that leads to his skepticism and his idea of how, you know, there is no logic, there is no satisfying logical proof of cause and effect. Uh, you know, so he has some skepticism there. And then ultimately that skepticism finally leads to this very weird theory that he came up with called occasionalism, which basically you, you take the idea of like, well, there's no proof that there's cause and effect, really, but there's no proof there's no ironclad proof that cause and effect holds to be true across the universe. This could all just be the luck of habit. So, you know, kind of in a way using Occam's razor, let's not postulate something that doesn't necessarily have to exist. This idea of cause and effect. So how do we explain the movement of time, the process of events, um, you know, uh, uh, how things, you know, uh, uh, sprout, grow, bloom, and then ultimately die only to be reborn again or whatever. You know, this like life and death cycle that we see. Uh, how do we explain the connection between all of those, all of these instances, if there is no such thing as cause and effect? And he says, well, luckily we've got an explanation. Again, remember that guy we've been talking about this entire time? One guy, God. Oh, right. He says basically this. There is no connection. There's no logical, necessary connection between one instant or one moment and the next. Instead, every single infinitesimal moment, instant of time is obliterated and then recreated a little bit down the line by God in every single moment. God's very existence imbues every single instance with its own order and existence in a way where it looks like it's process it's it's um developing or unrolling in a process over time but really it's just moment after moment after moment after moment is you know is created out of nothing by god you know gets its moment of existence and then it's obliterated only to give rise to the next moment that's this idea of occasionalism um which is like that's, that's kind of trippy yeah right and he says, "This is this is all there is, and and it's it's this way of like this is their them. This is this guy Al Ghazali taking this very simple idea of like pure, uh, like un, uncontested monotheism that there is this one principle that controls everything, and like when I say everything, I mean everything. If if, if something that powerful, it's not a big stretch to imagine this." all-powerful being constantly vigilant in creating the entire universe in one moment, obliterating it only to give rise to its twin, its virtual twin, the next moment. But then, you know, when that's, 
when that's like smeared across the tapestry of time, it looks like it's an unrolling constant progression or, or process. But really it's just instant after after instant after instant is is you know made ex nihilo by God and then destroyed and then the next moment's given you know, gives rise to it or is given rise to or whatever, is created by God, etc. Yeah. So that's occasionalism. <clears throat> and then this thing that I read just now before I, we started recording is this has a really, really, really eerie connection to the idea of quantum physics, quantum mechanics, what? and the Copenhagen interpretation of the Schrodinger equation, which basically kind of says the same thing. That fucking guy again? <laughs> so this guy, this guy Al-Ghazali, almost in a very, very abstract sense, this is a bit of a stretch, but not too big of a stretch, Al-Ghazali in some ways sort of anticipated quantum physics back like in... Jeez. Uh, when did he... In... Uh, Sometime in like the 1100s, so pre World War One. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Technically, 800 years before World War One. Okay. Um, this guy kind of because the cop. So real quick, the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics basically says that on the subatomic level, these like uh, you know the Schrodinger the Schrodinger equation basically describes the wave function of like uh, these subatomic entities like photons and electrons and quarks and all that shit um that that equation describes them in their waveform um but as soon as there is an observer like a human observer or even just like a recording device uh that measures the velocity of a, of a subatomic particle or the frequency of it or the position or like you know where it is in space uh turns into a particle instead of a wave and it shows up where it shows up because of the observation of it uh but the wave function described by schrodinger actually says that this particle can exist simultaneously in these different states and different parts of space and different parts of time and at different frequencies at any given moment but when it's observed then it's it's basically pigeonholed into this one place at this one speed basically so it takes an observer to you know concretely pinpoint and in a way instantiate a particle in in quantum mechanics so similarly by analogy every moment in time and every single and every by when i say a moment in time i'm including in that moment in time that the the entire configuration of physical objects in space at that moment of time uh it's basically got all it takes is god to observe it for it to be in, in uh, instantiated or come into existence in other words so if god for a moment didn't stop observing us if he were done if he yeah if he stopped paying attention to this creation or existence as a whole if he was just, let's say let's i don't think it's i don't think okay I don't think God can be distracted by definition, but let's, but let's say, say he got distracted. Then we're um, gone. Then we're gone. We okay. wouldn't feel a thing. We would just this be no, out of horrifying. <laughs> so that's how important God is. And so this is why it was weird about Islam is like, you know, it, it seems like a simple theology at first, but they're like, let's think of the implications of this. We are, <laughs> we're like, putting in all of our chips on this guy because it is literally the most important, most powerful, 
most like primordial a priori concept you know in existence i mean like it almost doesn't make sense to say that because there is no existence at all without this thing this guy god that's how monotheistic they are <laughs> so when they say there's only one god and he's all powerful and he's all unique and there's nothing else like him they mean if it. you think there's only <laughs> one god and that's it and he's the only thing that has any power in this world he might be a Muslim. <laughs> he might be a monotheistic. So yeah, so that's that's part one of Islamic that theology. That is really wild. To There's think more. About. There's more too. Okay. It's going to get even trippier. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, friends, I look forward to you listening to the next episode. Please do it. Please. Please. <clears throat> please. Please. And also, <laughs> please subscribe to our Patreon if you want to have even more of these. Uh, incohesive ramblings of two uh, uh, yeah in a closet in a closet hosted by two never was is <laughs> folks we, we appreciate you listening as always keep on thinking hard the truth sucks so bad the <laughs> sea is, is a bastard time is a son of a bitch most importantly Ben if you're not Catholic <laughs> you're going to hell and here's Bonnie Prince Billy ah there we go that's nice I am a cinematographer Oh, I've never heard that song. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I am a cinematographer. I am a cinematographer. Oh, I am a cinematographer. Cinematographer, and I walked away from New York City, and I walked away from everything that's good, and I walked away from everything that I lean on only to find. It's made of wood, made of wood. And I walked away from everything I lived for only to find Everything had grown, everything had grown Now I am a cinematographer Oh, I am a cinematographer If you were a 
could walk away from the 